BJH Hematotalks, a podcast series from the publisher of the Belgium Journal of Hematology. Hello and welcome to this podcast. With me today is Dr. Arnon Kater of the University of Amsterdam to discuss the Murano trial presented recently at ASH 2020. Firstly then, what does the Murano trial investigate and what did this trial learn in the past? So what the Murano study is investigating is a uh, randomized trial where patients were uh, of, had, who had relapsed refractory CLL uh, were treated either with standard chemoimmunotherapy, bendamustine rituximab, or with venetoclax rituximab, which is uh, venetoclax rituximab was given six cycles combination and then a total of additional 18 months of venetoclax single agent, and then treatment was uh, stopped. So total treatment was two years. And the idea of the study was it was actually the first trial where a targeted agent was given in a time-limited fixed-duration treatment fashion instead of continuing treatment until relapse. And it was also the first trial where a targeted agent was directly compared head-to-head with standard chemoimmunotherapy. Uh, and we have learned this is, the, this is the, an update on uh, five years. So we knew already that uh, there was an increased progression-free survival, increased overall survival with uh, venetoclax rituximab arm compared to venomastin rituximab. But what we focused on this year is, uh, first of all, again, an, an overview of, uh, of the outcome, uh, but also actually what happens on MRD conversion and uh, what can we learn about clone size, a clone, a clone growth rate, actually, and what can we learn from a retreatment with venetoclax. So that were the three topics that were uh, discussed this year. So what does this five-year update tell us? So what we have learned is that most patients who completed venetoclax monotherapy had an undetectable MRD at end of treatment. And we show now that MRD status continues to be a robust predictor of outcomes. What we also have shown now is that patients in the VENR arm with undetectable MRD at end of treatment had a 61.3% PFS rate at 36 months post-end of treatment. Another thing is that medium time to MRD conversion was 19 months and medium time to progressive disease from MRD conversion was a further 25 months for patients with undetectable MRD at end of treatments. And also important is that a significant proportion of patients remains with undetectable MRD at this follow-up. We also show that poor baseline characteristics, specifically DEL17P, P53 status, unmutated IGVH and or a complex genotype are associated with a faster MRD doubling rates the deep and durable initial responses alongside favorable baseline characteristics predict sensitivity to retreatment with venetoclax. And so overall, we can think we can state that sustained undetectable MRD, progression-free survival and overall survival benefits provide further support for the use of a fixed duration venetoclax rituximab in patients with refractory CLL. How did the MRD kinetics evolve after the fixed duration treatment? And did the MRD negativity prove to be durable? Yes, very much so. So that, that's uh, an, an aspect that we've actually looked much further into this time. Undetectable MRD, in our case, important to mention, is less than 10 to the minus 4. Low MRD defined as between 10 to the minus 4 and 10 to the minus 2, and high MRD above 10 to the minus 2. And so if you focus on patients that made it until the uh, full two years of venetoclax, that are 130 patients, we actually showed that uh, MRD uh, was very strongly predictive for improved outcome with this update. With patients with undetectable MRD at end of treatment, demonstrated a three-year post-end of treatment progression-free survival of 61.3%, compared to 40.8% for the low MRD positive patients. And for those with high MRD positivity, end of treatment, all but one of them had progressive disease before the three-year post-end of treatment time points. 
A proportion of patients with disease relapse were treated with venetoclax and rituximab. How did these patients do? Yeah, so that was also new in, in, uh, in this study. In 2019, we amended the protocol to allow patients with progressive disease by IWCL criteria following the initial venetoclax rituximab or BR to enroll in a sub-study allowing retreatment with or if they first had venetoclax rituximab cross over to VenR respectively. And so this data are pretty limited now uh, at an overall median follow-up time for retreatment of 12.1 months, only one year, 16 patients who were being retreated with VenR. So first VenR in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the core study and then again in the retreatment study, 16 patients had a valid MRD assessment at the end of combination therapy visits. And if you focus on what happens here, is that among those 16 patients that for sure it was an overrepresentation of unfavorable baseline characteristics because by definition these patients were the ones that actually did most poorly on the first treatment and if you zoom into that a median progression free survival one for these patients was 45.7 months which is approximately eight months shorter than the median progression free survival of the then r cohort overall so that's kind of a statement but then if you look to the data what we actually show is that deep re-responders did occur, but were more likely to have demonstrated deep endural responses to initial venetoclax therapy. And those patients were mostly without DEL17P and or P53 uh, aberrations and or with non-complex gen- genetics. So what you can actually see is of those 16 patients that were retreated, five of them had undetectable MRD at end of combination therapy to 11 were MRD positive, and you can see that patients with a first very deep remission had a much higher chance to getting a, a deep remission again. What this tells you about progression-free survival and overall survival, that is actually too early to, to give the data yet. Finally, based on these results, can we conclude that fixed-duration targeted therapy regimens are the future for CLL? Well, that is a good, uh, an interesting statement. If you would ask me, I, I think so. I think that if you have a chance with novel targeted agents to go for a fixed duration instead of continuous treatment with, for instance, a BTK inhibitor or venetoclax, I think there are good reasons to, and based on this study also, to go for a fixed duration treatment with three major reasons. One is that we think that the costs will be much less, which is specifically important for countries with socialized healthcare systems. Second is, although side effects are moderate with novel targeted agents, you do see in real-world studies that after a prolonged period of time, patients will stop treatment because of these side effects. And specifically now with the COVID pandemic, we still need to wait how well patients with ongoing treatment will do to the vaccines or, or to COVID itself. And third is that by definition... Uh, we know that if we treat until relapse, that at one point, patients will have a resistant disease to this, to this drug. And the big promise, what we study now a little bit, the first time in the Murano study, is that if you stop treatment, that you might have this uh, same treatment uh, when patient relapses again. So you can retreat patients with the same drug. And with this very small piece of data that I just discussed with you, this retreatment, it does seem that at least in, this, in a subgroup of patients, you can actually effectively retreat patients with the same drug. So that's why I think a fixed duration treatment, if we have the possibilities, and Murano shows that there is, uh, as, as a favorable. Dr. Cater, thank you very much for your time and for your professional insight. Perfect. Thanks. This podcast was brought to you by the publisher of the Belgium Journal of Hematology. For more hemato talks, please visit us at bjh.be. Thank you for listening.